from Friday night football to the county fair, from picnics in the park to hometown parades, from big cities to small towns, we are proud to serve our communities. Last year, we volunteered 19,000 hours and donated $5 million to local charities. Because lending a hand to a neighbor and investing in the people and places around us is the right thing to do. We are Park National Bank, and we are proud to serve you. Member FDIC. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi there, and welcome to this week's podcast, where we look at the iconic Jubilee Line, one of the newest underground lines on the underground system. If you like all things London-related, then don't forget our sister YouTube channel, London Visited, which has so many places, including this, featured on our channel. And now to this week's podcast. The Jubilee Line is a London underground line that runs between Stratford in East London and Stanmore in the suburban northwest, via the Docklands, South Bank and West End. Opened in 1979, it is the newest line on the network, although some sections of track date back to 1932 and some stations to 1879. The western portion between Baker Street and Stanmore was previously a branch of the Metropolitan Line and later the Bakerloo Line, while the new build was completed in two major sections, initially in 1979 to Charing Cross and then in 1999 with an expansion to Stratford. The later stations are larger and have special safety features, both aspects being attempts to future-proof the line. Following the extension to East London, serving areas once poorly connected to the underground, the line has seen a huge growth in passenger numbers and is the third busiest on the network, after the northern and central lines, with over 213 million passenger journeys a year. With Finchley Road and Wembley Park, the Jubilee Line shares its route with the Metropolitan Line and Chiltern Main Line. Between Canning Town and Stratford, it runs parallel to the Stratford International Branch of the DLR, the Docklands Light Railway. The Jubilee Line is coloured silver on the tube map to mark the Silver Jubilee of Queen Elizabeth II, after which the line was named. The Jubilee Line's first section opened in 1932, when the Metropolitan Railway built a branch from its main line at Wembley Park to Stanmore. The line, as with many others in northwest London area, was designed to absorb commuter traffic from the new and rapidly expanding suburbs. The line presented the Metropolitan with a problem. The suburban traffic had been so successful that by the early 1930s, the lines into Baker Street were becoming overloaded, a problem which was exacerbated by the post-war flight from the City of London to the West End of London. At first, the Metropolitan had advocated a new deep tube line, roughly following the line at Edgware Road between the tube station and a point near Willesden Green. Indeed, Construction advanced as far as the rebuilding of Edgware Road Tube Station to accommodate four platforms of eight-car length. These things changed, though, with the formation of the London Passenger Transport Board and the subsequent absorption of the Metropolitan Line. The solution was now a new branch of the Bakerloo Line from Baker Street to serve new stations at St John's Wood and Swiss Cottage, thereby rendering the existing stations of Lords, Marlborough Road and Swiss Cottage on the parallel route redundant. 
and negating the need for the Met's extension from Edgware Road Station. It was originally proposed that the Metropolitan Line Swiss Cottage Station would remain open only during peak hours for interchange with the Bakerloo and that Lord Station would open for special cricketing events, but both were closed permanently as economy measures during the Second World War. The new line rose between the Metropolitan Line tracks at Finchley Road, providing cross-platform interchange with the Metropolitan Line. Continuing north to Wembley Park, the new Bakerloo Line was to provide local service on the Metropolitan Line, while the Metropolitan Line trains ran non-stop between Finchley Road and Wembley Park, cutting seven minutes from journey times. At Wembley Park, the new Bakerloo would then run north to serve Kingsbury, Queensbury, Cannons Park and Stanmore, taking over the former Metropolitan branch. The Bakerloo extension built as above opened in 1939. The planning for the tube network immediately before and after World War II considered several new routes. The main results of this study concerned two major routes, the South to North East Line C and Lines 3 and 4, new crosstown routes linking the northwest suburbs to Fenchurch Street, Wapping, and variously, Lewisham and Hayes. Line C opened as the Victoria Line in stages from 1968 to 1972. Work on the northwest-southeast route continued. The Fleet Line was mentioned in a 1965 Times article, discussing options after the Victoria Line had been completed, suggesting that the Fleet Line could take a route via Baker Street, Bond Street, Trafalgar Square, Strand, Fleet Street, Ludgate Circus and Cannon Street, then proceeding into southeast London. The new line was to have been called the Fleet Line after the River Fleet, although it would have crossed under the fleet at Ludgate Circus. The central line section mostly follows the Tyburn. In 1971, construction began on a new fleet line. Economic pressure and doubt over the final destination of the line had led to a staged approach. Under the first stage, the Baker Street to Stanmore branch of the Bakerloo Line was joined at Baker Street to a new 2.5-mile, 4-kilometre segment into central London, with intermediate stops at Bond Street and Green Park, and terminating at a new station at Charing Cross, thereby relieving pressure on the West End section of the Bakerloo Line between Baker Street and Charing Cross, and also allowing increased frequencies on the section north of Baker Street. The new tube was to offer cross-platform interchange between the Bakerloo and Fleet at Baker Street as pioneering on the Victoria Line. The work was completed in 1979. As part of the works, Trafalgar Square, Bakerloo and Strand, Northern stations were combined into a single station complex, Charing Cross. The existing Charing Cross station on the subsurface district and circle lines was renamed Embankment. Another part of the works included a section of test tunnel built near New Cross. This part of London has waterlogged soil that is difficult to tunnel in. So a new tunneling method called the Better Night Shield was used experimentally to construct a 150-metre section of tunnel. That was on the line of the proposed Phase 2 route in 1972. The experiment was successful, leading to the introduction of this form of construction elsewhere. But when the planned route was altered, this section was left abandoned as it was effectively useless and still exists to this day. In 1975, when plans were underway to introduce the London Transport Silver Jubilee bus fleet, the then sales manager of London Transport Advertising proposed to the chairman of LTE that the fleet line should be renamed the Jubilee Line. However, this idea was initially rejected because of the additional costs involved. Nevertheless, the name was ultimately chosen for the line after Queen Elizabeth II's 1977 Silver Jubilee. 
following a pledge made by the Conservatives in the GLC election in 1977. The original choice of battleship grey for the line's colour was based on the naval meaning of the word fleet. This became a lighter grey, representing the silver colour of the Jubilee itself. The line was opened officially by the Prince of Wales on the 30th of April 1979, with passenger services operating from the very next day. The Jubilee line of 1979 was to be the first of four phases of the project, but lack of funds meant that no further progress was made until the late 1990s. Phase 2 would have extended the line along Fleet Street to stations at Aldwych, Ludgate Circus, Cannon Street and Fenchurch Street. Parliamentary approval for this phase was granted in July 1971. Phase 3 would have seen the line to continue under the river to Surrey Docks, now Surrey Quay Station, on the East London Line, taking over both of the ELL's branches to New Cross and New Cross Gate Stations, with an extension to Lewisham. Parliamentary approval for this phase, as far as New Cross, was granted in August 1971, and the final section to Lewisham was granted approval in August 1972. In 1973, an alternative plan for Phase 3 was devised to provide transport connections to the London Docklands area, then being considered for regeneration, as it was expected that the docks would be closed by the late 1980s. Initially proposed as a mainline service, but later developed as a tube line extension for the Jubilee Line, the new plan was developed over the next few years to a final form that considered extending the line parallel to the River Thames, known informally as the River Line. This was to take the line from Fenchurch Street to Thamesmead, via St Catherine's Docks, Wapping, Surrey Docks North, Millwall, near the later location of Surrey Quays, Docklands Light Railway Station, North Greenwich, Custom House, Silvertown, Woolwich, Arsenal, and then to Thamesmead Central. The depot would have been at Beckton, roughly on the site of the current Ducklands Light Railway Depot, and a shuttle service between there and Customs House was considered. Parliamentary approval for the route as far as Woolwich Arsenal, including the Beckton branch, was granted in August 1980. Phase 4 was the possible continuation of the original Phase 3 Lewisham branch to take over suburban services on the Adelscombe and Hayes branches. Changes in land use, particularly the urban renewal of the Docklands area, resulted in the project to extend the line beyond Charing Cross being changed considerably in the 1970s, 1980s and 1990s. The Jubilee Line extension, as the eventual project became known, opened in three stages in 1999. It split from the existing line at Green Park. The service to Charing Cross was discontinued, although still maintained for reversing trains at times of disruption, and for occasional use as a film set. The line extends as far as Stratford, with 10 intermediate stations. This section is unique on the London Underground because it's the only section to have platform edge doors, which open automatically when trains arrive. There have been other proposals to extend the line serving the docks. Having been open since 1979, the Jubilee Line is the newest line of the London Underground network. The trains were upgraded in 1997 to the 1996 stock. In 1999, trains began running to Stratford instead of Charing Cross serving areas once poorly connected to the London Underground Network. Jubilee Line stations north of Baker Street were not built specifically for the Jubilee Line. St John's Wood and Swiss Cottage stations were opened in 1939 on the then new Bakerloo Line branch and have more traditional tube station features. Stations north of Finchley Road were opened by the Metropolitan Railway, now the Metropolitan Line, but they became part of the Bakerloo in 1939 
with only Wembley Park being shared with the Metropolitan. Then, the Jubilee Line took over the whole of the Bakerloo Line, serviced between Baker Street and Stanmore. The only new stations built for the original Jubilee Line were the Baker Street westbound platform. Eastbound opened in 1939. Bond Street, Green Park and the now-closed Charing Cross. Stations on the Jubilee Line extension feature step-free access to street level, state-of-the-art architecture, platform edge doors. The platform edge doors were introduced primarily to prevent drafts underground and to assist in airflow. They also prevent people from falling or jumping onto the track, as well as the build-up of litter. The Jubilee Line was closed for three days from the 25th of December 2005 in order to add an extra car to each six-car train. The line had to be closed as six and seven-car trains could not run in the service at the same time because the platform edge doors of the Jubilee Line extension stations could not cater for both trains' lengths simultaneously. The signalling system was also modified to work with the longer trains. Previously, an extra four complete seven-car trains had been added to the fleet, bringing the total to 63. This enabled the period during which the full service could be run to be increased. The full fleet would not be required to be available until the full advantage had been taken of the new signalling system. As a result, the seventh car upgrade was a 17% increase in capacity, allowing 6,000 more passengers per hour to use the line. Work was completed and the line reopened two days ahead of schedule on the 28th of December 2005. Since 2011, the Jubilee line has automatic train operation using the cell track moving block system, which provides capacity for 30 trains per hour. Migration to the system was problematic and the program of temporary closures for engineering work was criticized by local politicians, as well as by the management of venues such as Wembley Stadium and the O2, because visitors to major concerts and sporting events had to travel by a replacement bus service. In March 2020, a leaky feeder-based system was brought online in the Jubilee Line tunnels between Westminster and Canning Town. The development of this system arose from the Home Office's desire to provide coverage for its new Emergency Services Network on the London Underground. It allows passengers to receive 4G connectivity, both in the tunnels and on the station platforms. This is the only section of the London Underground tunnel that has wireless connectivity. TfL intends to deploy the technology across the entire network by the mid-2020s. And I must admit, I've used it and it is phenomenal. The main servicing and maintenance depot on the Jubilee line is now at Stratford Market Depot, between Stratford and West Ham stations. Trains are also stabled in the Neasden Depot, sharing it with the Metropolitan Line. Stratford Market Depot was built as part of the Jubilee Line extension in the late 1990s, as the Neasden Depot couldn't accommodate the increased number of trains required. So, I hope you've enjoyed our look at the Jubilee Line, a well-known piece of London Underground. Whichever service you listen to us on, please don't forget to subscribe so you can get updates when new shows are uploaded. If you've got any nominations for places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can do it by emailing us at londonvisited at gmail.com. You can go to www.londonvisited.co.uk or you can connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at London Visited or Facebook at The London Visited. Thanks for listening and really hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye.